Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 941 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, May the 6th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean, and you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. You can also uh, subscribe to, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Raptors as well. The support is uh, deeply, deeply appreciated, and uh, that goes for all of our Locked On shows from our baseball and NHL network. We got the Leafs and Blue Jays covered for you, uh, in addition to our NFL and college channels covering all of those teams that matter every single day. So uh, go and subscribe and support the shows that you like. Also, just to note, uh, I know this has been a thing I've gotten in a few DMs and messages recently. Apple Podcasts is messed up right now. There's nothing we can do about it. They screwed up their update of the podcast app, and it's affecting the uploading of shows. I just recommend you try Spotify or CastBox or Odyssey or something other than Apple for now. Um, so apologies for that. There's nothing we can do. When you scream at Apple, they don't listen uh, is the thing. So uh, blame them. We'll uh, now get to today's episode, a very special episode of the podcast, an episode that as someone who was a fan of much music and grew up on much music in the, in the in the aughts and was a fan of much vibe among other shows like the punk show and other things that were going on uh very happy to be joined today by toronto rapping legend uh also with the new album out last week called parallel world is very very exciting and in addition to all that a huge huge raptors fan one of the bigger raptors fans one of the more i guess notable raptors fans there are it is cadence weapon here on the show cadence how's it going man Oh, it's going well. I'm I'm happy to be here. This is a dream come true. Oh, that's very weird that this would be a dream come true for you, but I appreciate <laughs> it nonetheless. It's, uh, no, that's the very thing happy with, to have you. with musicians. Um, you know what we want more than anything is to be asked about something that isn't music. <laughs> Well, I promise you, we won't ask you too much about music. We will get into the album, which just came out last week, of course. You can go uh, stream it wherever albums are streamed and buy it wherever albums are purchased. Uh, We'll get to that in the back part of the show. But you're a big Raptors fan, man, and we're going to dive into a lot of Raptors stuff. We're going to sort of do the typical car wash of topics that I go through with any of the uh, sort of big-time Raptors fan guests we have on the show. Um, We should probably start with this season, because this season has been a nightmare in a lot of ways. They're playing in Tampa. We don't get to watch the games in person. Of course, no one really gets to watch games in person unless you're one of the select 3,000 in a given arena on whatever night that might be. Um, It's been obviously a losing season there have been injuries and COVID outbreaks and uh, just a very disjointed weird year I was realizing last night watching Fred Van Vliet go for 27 and 13 we haven't really seen Fred look like himself since like March and that hit me pretty hard so uh, let me ask you man what's been your sort of relationship with the team this season are you similarly dialed in as you typically would be how have you kind of been coping with the first losing season since 2013-14 now yeah, you know, it's been weird watching this season because it just feels like uh, a real slog. You know, like mm-hmm. it feels like they're not particularly enjoying it. Like I, I, I was, I was following it very heavily for uh, really the first 
uh, three quarters of it. And then I, I was just like so depressed by it. I actually kind of like <laughs> take a step back. <laughs> but, um, I really enjoyed the the game with the Clippers. Um, they mm. played really well. Uh, I yeah. love I love the attitude and the energy. It reminded me of the old Raptors that I love. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this this season would have been a good one to really tank. Like I wish they would have maybe like committed to that like earlier, you know, uh, because it's just cursed. It's totally mm-hmm. cursed season. Everything bad that could possibly happen happened, basically. Um, and it's just uh, just a grim, uh, forgettable season all around. <laughs> so I was going to ask you about that because the great question that's been tearing apart Raptors fans uh, all season long from inside has been the tank or not to tank question. Um, just so you're aware, this is a, a noted non-tanking podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I like going to the playoffs. I was like very, very sad when their streak of being over 500 ended. I don't know why I'm so sentimental about that, but it bummed me out pretty hard. I'm going to be sad when the playoff streak ends. It's pretty cool. And, you know, they missed the one opportunity to say they're the team with the longest playoff streak in the NBA because the Rockets are also missing the playoffs this year and they could have got that lead, but that's fine. Whatever. I'm not upset about it. I'm over it. Sure. Um, (laughs) But the tanking thing has been a topic of conversation on this podcast with Raptors fans all season long. Um, it's become a very sort of polarized issue. Um, you know, it, it's gotten a little heated at times. Are you on the side of, well, you just kind of gave it away there a little bit, but well, well, you know, no. were you tanking or yeah, sorry, go give no. us your tanking philosophy. <laughs> I'm actually anti-tanking. I'm just saying like, if you were going to tank, right. you should have thought about it earlier. <laughs> but <laughs> but my my point is, uh, a true Raptors fan would not willingly want them to tank. Yeah. Right. Because listen, listen, I've been there when we didn't have a choice, whether we were tanking, <laughs> or not, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yep. you know, we, we, we have like a winning culture here. Why, why mess that up? You know, that's the thing is like the, all the great teams in the NBA, they have consistency, you know, and like they have like stability and they like keep their coaches for a while and they they develop players and like we've become a team like that. So I don't really want to take a step back mm-hmm. and become this kind of like, oh, well, let's get a cool new player. Like <laughs> watching the game yesterday, I was like, I don't think we should tank because this team <laughs> is banging, playing super hard. And mm-hmm. without Kyle, without like my my guy, uh, Block Quebecois. My Montreal <laughs> homie, um, he without him, without GTJ, like they were looking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing is like they're, uh, you know, there's been this whole conversation: are they the best bad team of all time or the worst good team? I think they're the most unfortunate good team. Is kind of how I would mm-hmm. classify it. Like they're very clearly good and. They've given the business to a lot of very good teams, and if not for the entire season getting derailed by COVID just after a week of beating up on the Bucks and Sixers, I don't think we're talking about this very sad close to the season. We're probably talking about how they're ahead of the Knicks in the standings or in a battle with the Knicks for the four seed, which is a weird kind of thing on its own. Um, let me ask you then, back in 2013-14, the big thing was tank for Wiggins. Got to tank for Wiggins. Were you a tank for Wiggins person? <laughs> Uh, I was back then. Yeah, I was. I mean, like, if you think back also to the season when, um, you know, we were going to, was it was it the same season we were going to trade Kyle? Yeah, same year. Yep. It was that same year. And, you know, um, the, the famous New York non-trade. Um, 
back then it was just kind of like it seemed like we we were just like all these like spare parts and stuff and it was just kind of mm-hmm. like you know let's let's just really tank and get this canadian player it's going to be great but you know it turned out really well i mean here's the thing with tanking it's like i would never wish that kind of psychological damage on this team especially mm-hmm. after they won a championship these guys are yeah. champions <laughs> why why am i going to like be like start tanking like no Mm-hmm. anybody who like that's the thing with tanking and like fans willing the team to lose and it's just like it's it's it shows that we're not used to being a winning team yeah really <laughs> it's, right you, can you imagine like like san antonio fans being like we should tank this year like no yeah it's um you know i have a kind of theory that winning the title has kind of broken a lot of people's brains and now it's just like <laughs> oh it, every year has to be that and everybody has to be Kawhi, and it, everything has to go perfectly and you know that's not how it goes it's it's fine you know th- they're going to get a good pick no matter what and <laughs> you know they jumped up from pretty low when they got the first pick last time they got the first pick and obviously we don't need to speak at the name that they picked back with that draft but um, <laughs> i have a feeling the guy at the top of this draft is a little better than that but oh yeah <laughs> we'll uh um, we can leave the tank conversation uh, for another time. I do want I mean, to ask you. You with, sorry, go just, ahead. But just with the draft pick, you know, like mm-hmm. where we're at, like we're gonna get a cool player. Oh yeah, like, it's, like it's I feel great. I feel mm-hmm. very confident. Like and especially with the way we develop players, whoever is gonna be, it's gonna be great. We have never picked. We haven't picked this low in mm-hmm. in quite some time. You know, and look at what we do with these super high draft picks. But you know, sorry to cut you off. No, no, that's totally fine, man. Yeah, like the last lottery pick they had was Yaka Pertle, who uh, was the Knicks pick anyway. Thanks, Barks. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am pretty excited to see what they can do with like the Raptors development machine and the eighth overall pick. It feels a little bit terrifying if you're the rest of the league, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I do want to sort of go back a little bit in a sec here and kind of dive into past versions of the team as and like your finals experience and all that stuff. But I do have to ask you, is, is who's like on this version of the team? It seems like everyone kind of has their own little silo of who their guy is. You know, mm-hmm. people are ardent Pascal defenders or they're not, or there's Fred people who are detractors because he's small, but also Fred people who will die for Fred because he's, you know, the, the bet on yourself king. And you got OG kind of popping up now, becoming the new flavor of the month or year or whatever it might be. Do you have a particular guy on this year, this version of the team that is sort of your favorite dude to tune in and watch, or the most disappointed makes you the most disappointed when they're scratched from rest? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I have a few ways of thinking of this because it used to be the player that I think plays the most like me when I do pickup, and so <laughs> like it used to be Norman Powell, you mm. know, um, who I have been compared to that I look like somewhat like him. I've got. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. You know, (laughs) in a dark alley, maybe. I don't know. Sure. But um, (laughs) I would say nowadays, though, like you know, obviously, like I'm a big Kyle Booster, um, Mm -hmm. but for me, it's like Fred for sure. Like just his story, just the whole bet on yourself and his his style of play, his attitude. Like I, I just uh, I I love how mature he is. This is something Mm -hmm. that like is really underrated in the NBA. It's like how old is Fred right now? Twenty seven. 27. He's like 27. He he has mm-hmm. the maturity of like a like a 45 year old man or something like. Oh yeah, he's the adult in the room always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like that's a really underrated thing. It's like yeah, we're having this weird season this year, but it's like it's gonna balance out next year for sure. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like people. I I think people need to leave 
uh, Siakam alone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's <laughs> listen, like COVID is not a joke. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when people get it, it's really hard to come back from it. I don't think people are giving him enough credit. You know, he came back from that. He lost tons of weight. Like it, it in the middle of like top level athletics, like this, this is an unprecedented situation, you know? And it's like, yeah, maybe I'd like to see his late game decision-making be a little sharper here and there. Like, Oh God, the Clippers game. I was begging in my mind, like <laughs> pass to Kim Birch, pass the ball, <laughs> pass it, pass, pass, pass. Um, but you know, he's young. And he's mm-hmm. he's learning the game still, you know. So it's like I I feel good about him. I'm not ready to like ship him out like half the fans were earlier this season. Yeah, no. Again, you're on a pro Pascal Siakam podcast. Um, mm-hmm. You know, your decision making would probably be bad too in minute 41 of back to back or whatever it is. Every game is back to back right now. Like, <laughs> you know, any of these people who like criticize him and be like, "Oh, he's gonna he's spinning all the time. He's doing this. He's bad." <laughs> Like, let's see what you do in a in yeah. a high pressure situation in a game. You'd be dribbling the ball off your knee, you know. You like <laughs> you'd be in the fetal position, and they'd have to drag you off the court. Come on. To your point, if I was going by the uh, who, which guy do I play the most like, and that is my favorite player philosophy, like you, um, I would be, I guess, from this year's team, like Henry Ellenson, perhaps Louis Stola <laughs> for going back in the day. Like, yes, I will stand out here and shoot threes and do nothing else and do old nice. man moves. That's me, baby. I love um, it. <laughs> We're going to dive into uh, the championship and your experience during that in just one second here, um, because how can you not talk about the Raptors championship? I feel like I want to talk about it all the time because of how bad everything has been this year, and I just want to be swaddled in the warmth that is the 2019 playoff run. Uh, we'll get to that in a sec here, but first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? There is, and if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. Overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Well-being is in short supply right now. Everything's terrible, but Headspace can help those things that cause anxieties and stress and all of those things things that keep you up at night to go away just a little bit. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash NBA. That's headspace.com slash NBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal they're offering right now go to headspace.com slash locked on nba today all right let's uh continue on here with our wonderful guest cadence weapon um let's dive into the 2019 championship man you uh were i guess quoted written a story written about an exclaim during that time uh you had like a kind of well-read tweet thread about sort of the experience of being a fan going back to, I believe you noted 1999 was your first ever game at Skyreach Center in Edmonton. Uh, I believe you noted that Master P was playing in that <laughs> game for the Raptors uh, against the Vancouver Grizzlies. Clearly, mm-hmm. you've been a fan a very long time and you've been steeped in this for uh, over 20 years now. 
you know, for you, the championship run, obviously everyone has the same sort of good, happy feelings about it. But what was your personal experience going through that run? Any particular sort of game watching experiences that stood out to you? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I, I think back to that time a lot. You know, it's weird. I've had a lot of great things happen in my life, you know, with my career or whatever, nominated for players, prizes, all this kind of stuff. I really feel like the championship was really the best moment of my life. <laughs> like, like I, it was just the happiest maybe I've ever been. Mm-hmm. It was just incredible. And it was just the, the unity of the city was so nice. And, and also the way that I watched um, the shot. Mm-hmm. You know, was, uh, you know, I was at Cafe Diplomatico and, um, you know, a really good old friend of mine was in town and we were, you know, catching up and having dinner. And, you know, I was like, yeah, are you, do you want to watch this game with me? Because it's going to, I'm going to be really like stressed out, but <laughs> it's going to be really exciting. And we watched the game and it ended up being that shot. And so it was, it was very significant to me that it was that person because she's like awesome. one of my oldest friends so it was like perfect it was like the perfect situation to watch that shot that's amazing one of my favorite parts of that run was watching games with people who weren't typically like as steeped in it as you know me or other raptors fans and they get to sort of see how deranged you are uh it was was a really fun experience and i hope my friends don't think less of me for uh losing my mind at every instance I i think maybe the time i was most like having an out-of-body experience was during game five of the finals when Kawhi mm-hmm. is doing that stuff in the fourth quarter and it looks like oh they're gonna win this now they're just not fucking around yeah. they're gonna do it <laughs> and yeah. um yeah that was uh that was truly wild speaking of the finals oh I no, mean, go ahead I, I mean i was like that guy for like you know a lot of people who are kind of newer to the game newer to the team and just mm-hmm. being like um, you know, I, I probably seem like I'm, I'm going to have a heart attack or something. Um, <laughs> but you know, this is just kind of like how I do this. So like, don't worry. And I would explain <laughs> like what the situation is. It, it was, it was, I became like the, uh, you know, I was the, the coach for uh, my yeah. friends, yeah, but um, sign this NDA. You're not allowed to talk <laughs> about how I behave during these games to anybody. <laughs> I, re- I remember I saw game five and game six of the finals, like um, in that place on Ossington where they were like having just kind of block party style viewing, like in the right. Ossington tire. Sure. Um, and that was so fun seeing it very communally. But then it was mm-hmm. like, you know, when Durant got hurt and I was like, everybody don't cheer. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was really getting spiritual. I was like, you know, we can't like jinx. Mm-hmm. Like the basketball gods don't like when you cheer an injury. It's not cool. Oh, yeah. No, no. I remember uh, like scolding people in hurricanes uh, at, on <laughs> Lansdowne and, and Bloor. Just like scolding fools who were cheering on that injury. Again, mm-hmm. just not just out of body. I can't I'm not controlling over who I'm yelling at. It's a stranger booing a, or cheering an injury. I'm going to probably yell at you. I'm sorry. It's a, no, it's a stressful no situation. No hooper would ever cheer an injury of a, no. of a player. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, I think it was awesome, the number of fans who latched on who were sort of new to it during the time. But that was, I think, one of the drawbacks was, uh, you know, a little bloodlust that probably wasn't there for people who are a little more sort of uh, long-term fans. Um, where were you for Game 6? Like, what was your, you mentioned you were watching down in Ossington there. Like, once they clinched, what was your... Uh, recollection of what went down were you just like walking around the city all night like everybody else yeah yeah no it, that was like <laughs> an extreme party night you know um, yeah. and just walking along uh, Dundas West and going into bars with like the group of people I was with and just taking shots and like high-fiving people in the street and <laughs> it was like 
that was just so much fun. I think we went to the garrison and it was like 4 a.m. last call. Like it was just like <laughs> it, it was it was it was like a the entire city was like, you know, celebrating my entire fandom of being a Raptor or something like it was it felt like very personal. It was just mm-hmm. uh, it was just awesome. It was just and, and, you know, you realize now why teams and cities where they've won it a few times, why mm-hmm. they're like they 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 want that feeling again. You know, yeah. You, yeah. you realize how special it is. Yeah, that's a taste you want back for sure. I was, uh, like I said, at Hurricanes. I went for the last three games of the finals, drove in from Hamilton to meet friends mm-hmm. at Hurricanes because it was my old haunt when I lived in that neighborhood. And uh, I was, listeners of the pod know this, but I was working on a book I was writing with Alex Wong, the We the Champs, sort of the, the commemorative mm-hmm. book of it. And we had one last chapter to write. And it was about the finals MVP. I had pre-written pretty much everything. Alex was doing the recap for the final game. And I needed to write a finals MVP blurb for the book. And I'd pre-written it thinking it would be Kawhi. And my stress kicked in in the fourth quarter when Fred started banging threes. And I was like, oh, no. Is Fred going to do this? And I've been sitting at this bar since 5 p.m. like holding this seat. And now I'm going to have to write a thing for this book that has to be up by 3 a.m. Uh <laughs> It was so a big uh, sigh of relief when Fred only got the one vote, which was nice. And then, yeah, we were like, I had to drive home to finish the book. And I, we were like driving down Bloor and I'm leaning out the hot, like the car door, just like high-fiving every person along the street. It was uh, real, a real pre-pandemic thing. I'm very thankful oh, it yeah. happened before the pandemic because, oh, my goodness. man, we're lucky that we got to do all that. Were you at the mm-hmm. parade? Um, no, I was, I, mm-hmm. I was out of town. I had a show. Oh and, yeah, and that was already planned, obviously. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I I can't get back. But um, mm-hmm. it was amazing to see it all from afar. Like I, I don't know, it. I just it was just like weird too, because I was like, I couldn't I couldn't really believe it for a while, and I couldn't mm-hmm. really, you know, just I I was just dazed for a week <laughs> or two after. Yeah, yeah, I I remember that feeling. I missed that feeling quite a bit. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> it's a different it was cool. kind of days I've been in for the last fourteen months. It's uh, not as fun. Were, were, did you have any uh, instances? Maybe not in that playoff run, but maybe. But did you have any times where uh, you had to do a show during a game? And what's your strategy when that's going on? Oh yeah, no, that's definitely happened before. I mean, like <laughs> the the best situation I ever had was I was touring with Buck sixty five, and it was on mm-hmm. a tour bus, and so we had TV on the bus. Oh great! <laughs> and it was during it was during the playoffs, like in two thousand eight or something. Like it was like okay. that, that was sick. But um, usually I always find out where there's like a sports bar nearby the venue, and right. like I can I can like run back and forth, and I can make it happen. We've had a few musicians musicians on the podcast. I think you're familiar with Steve Slatkowski from Pup. Uh, <laughs> my favorite stories are the musicians who just defy doing their job in the interest of watching oh, the games. Or <laughs> absolutely, amazing. no, no. That's the funny thing is like, you know, if it's like a really important game, I'm I watch like the entire game, and then like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be playing a show. Shit, I forgot. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, So I want to go back even further into the dark days a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm, We're going to talk about some not so good, not so finalsy vibes. Listen, I got I got some I got some people I want to talk about. I got some names right now. You know, I am ready for names. And that is a perfect tease. We're going to get to that in just one second. Uh, But we got a couple friends to tell you about. The first is betonline.ag, who are the fastest and easiest place to bet on all your favorite sports action. You want to bet on the Raptors to win a given game? You can do that at bet online you want to bet on the triple crown and and vote bet on the 
Preakness and Belmont. I think those are the rest of the horse races you can bet on. All there are bet online too. They have the NBA, MLB, NHL, UFC, horse racing, football when it's back. You can even bet on like Greek basketball. It's amazing. Before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as team prep for their teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to their website use the mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on that's bet online your online sportsbook experts today's show is also brought to you by rockauto.com who are saving you money when you have to go to the mechanic to get something fixed on your car uh my poor neighbor yesterday had his window broken by uh, some dude who was walking around town breaking windows i guess i don't know but uh his car window was shattered and guess what he should go to rockauto.com i did i tell him no i probably should have told him but rockauto.com is saving you money on car parts whatever it might be window replacements engine control modules transmission stuff motor oil new car Carpets, you name it, it's there at rockauto.com. They have been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and their catalog is so unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you as well. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, we continue on here with our guest, Cadence we- Weapon. Um, we were going to talk about some names. You you tease some names before going to the break. Yeah, Give absolutely. me some names, man. Give me some, like, depressing dudes you latched onto, <laughs> Joey Graham style, whatever it might be. What are you? What are we going here? We're yeah. going deep back in the in the annals of, of bad Raptors teams. Okay, this is what I want to talk about is I feel like the story of being a Raptors fan is a story of false hope. Yes. You know, and it's like I always think back to all the, you know, people are spoiled nowadays because we were Mm -hmm. actually able to get some truly good free agents in their prime recently. Mm -hmm. Right. But the way I always remember it was growing up and being like, it's like, oh, my goodness, we've got a (laughs) Lajuan. And being like, oh, wow, it's going to be we're we're going to be good now. Or, Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, the Damari Carroll. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. that. I was like, that's what we're missing. He's mm-hmm. going to play super hard. <laughs> like, <it's>, <laughs> and they're going to get Wes Matthews and LaMarcus Aldridge, too, and they're going to play small. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, all these expectations, right? But it's either that or uh, – and, you know, that reminds me of Baines, which I don't mm. I don't really want to – I'm not going to do a dis Baines thing, you know, because he's <laughs> – There's been enough so of much. that on this podcast and others. It's, we can leave him alone for now. It's happened a lot, but it's kind of like <laughs> – you know, when we signed him, I was just like, just off of, oh, yeah, he was really good on Boston. Mm-hmm. I was like, and I was like, oh, no, I've reverted back to that <laughs> that way of thinking. I was like, oh, God, I'm like, like I was thrilled for Alex Lynn. I was like, it's like, <laughs> he's young. We got him. He's still young. But it's like, <laughs> New age pop. So it's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like, talking yourself into people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But then there were, you know, players where. Uh, I I really hated when they were on the team. Like one mm-hmm. person I always think of, and I still think of to this day, is John Salmons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that era was really frustrating for me um, because he was a guy where I felt like uh, he was like a journeyman, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he played for a bunch of teams, but there was something that was just like, you know, we watch certain people's and the people play and there's like a lot of joy to the game. 
It's yeah. like I never experienced that with him. I was like, this guy is not happy to be in the NBA. <laughs> Something <laughs> like he just was just frowning and just not really trying particularly hard. Yeah, you know? and he was also one of those guys who looked like he might sign with the Raptors one time and then decided, no, I'm going to go to the Kings. <laughs> I believe literally because he said God told him to go sign with the Kings instead of that's the Raptors. Right. That's so, right. hey, fair enough, man. But, uh, yeah, like it's the, that's the different sort of thing. Like, there's the Olajuwon, which is, oh, wow, big name. We're going to be good. Mm. There's the Damari Carroll. Like, oh, good player. Like, hey, perfect little role piece. And then there's, like, the John Salmons, Steve Nash, Chris mm-hmm. Duhon, where it's like, oh, we might sign that guy, <laughs> and then it doesn't work out, and uh, things get sad right quick, mm-hmm. even though glad the Steve Nash thing didn't happen in hindsight. Very, very Exactly, good. exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's all these alternate reality pathways of, like, who we could have ended up with, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'm happy with our current timeline. You know, I don't want a parallel world. You know, I'm happy with <laughs> We have the chip. You know, we got the Larry OB. Mm-hmm. Did you have a a particular era of the team that maybe it was bad? It probably was bad, but where it was just sort of close to your heart where, you know, for some reason, someone on the team kind of grabbed your attention. Like, were you a fan of the Mike James season or something like that? Was there a guy who stands out as like, oh, yeah, that that was my guy? I did like that (laughs) season a lot, you know, Um, but um, one one season I'm really partial to is the season when we lost to Brooklyn. Right. And it yeah. was like that fateful, you know, uh, the not it game, you know, where mm-hmm. we the last second block on Lowry and all that. But I really like that team a lot because they were such overachievers, you know, mm-hmm. and they were just we were we tapped out our potential with that group of players. Like I remember being, you know, this is again an era where I had to spend my time being excited about Grievous Vasquez. <laughs> right you know i was like he shoots threes and he's 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 does a little wiggle a shimmy like he's great you know and, it's, and you know i i feel where people are spoiled as hell look at the point guards we have now you know yeah absolutely oh man the the degree to which they've leveled up their point guard game is uh pretty remarkable um so what i want to do here is we play a game with our guests mm-hmm. where uh, it's a game called That Random Raptors Game. I choose a game from Raptors history, and you have to tell me who played in it. Because you've mentioned John Salmons, because you've mentioned the 2013-14 season, we're going to pull a game from that season. But to make it difficult, we're not going to pull a game from after the trade that brought John Salmons to town. So we're going to go mm. early in the 2013-14 <laughs> season, back when the tank for Wiggins thing is still, like, the the, the fury is is heating up. We're going to go to the very first game of the 2013-14 NBA season. The Toronto Raptors host the Boston Celtics. They beat the Celtics, which you love to see, Mm. 93-87. In this game (laughs) for the Toronto Raptors, 10 different players saw the floor. Uh, Three guys didn't play. We don't need to guess those guys. I'll let you know if you guess them. I'll be very impressed. But Mm. 10 guys saw the floor for the Raptors in this game. Name the 10 players who played for the Raptors on October 30th, 2013 against the Boston Celtics. If you get like three strikes, I'll just give you them. But uh, let's let's start. Let's see what you got. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. So I think at that time we would have had Lowry. Yeah. Yeah. Lowry's on the team. Lowry had played 35 minutes, 11 points, eight assists, two steals, a plus two. Uh, just two of eight from the field. But, uh, you know, doing Kyle Lowry things. So you're one for one. And then who else was on the team before that? Because um, it, yeah, we didn't have John Salmons yet. We didn't have Vasquez. Um, and then 
Oh, and you know I'm getting old because like I can't. <laughs> I can't remember. Well, the guy that was traded, the guy that was traded for Salmons and Vasquez and others. You feel like you got to get him. Was it? Was it, we? We didn't still have what year was it? 2013. It wouldn't be like Marcus Camby still on the team at this time. No, no, he was that would have been way before of the team. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, I'm just. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. uh Amir Johnson. Amir Johnson, yes, he started, um, played 24 minutes, 6 um, of 8, 13 points, a plus 10. Team best plus 10. Definitely had DeRozan. Um, yep, DeMar was uh, 40 minutes played, just 13 points on 6 of 19. An extremely early DeMar era line. <laughs> Do we have Chuck Hayes? No Chuck Hayes, he came back in that <laughs> trade that we're talking about. You, you still haven't named the guy that got traded in exchange for Chuck Hayes and Vasquez yeah, and like, Salmons. You're going to be really mad when you don't get it. Yeah, or if you don't get it, or when you do say it, yeah, it's because it's going to be like I'm, I'm like blanking hard because I'm. <laughs> it's I the know trade it's be... that turned the Raptors franchise around. Who did we trade again? <laughs> I'm, it's like going to be super obvious. First. Oh, you know who else is on team is Terrence Ross. Yes, uh, a fan fave. There's a photo of Terrence Ross right here uh, mm-hmm. on the wall. Um, Terrence Ross in this game had uh, six points on two of three shooting off the bench. So you've got four guys right now. You got Demar, Kyle, Amir, and Ross. You got five, six guys left. Okay, and then like who? What? What was our center situation at this time? Um, okay, it would have been. You know this too. You should know this too. Um, it's Valanciunas. It is Valanciunas. It's correct. Yeah. yeah. yeah, he, yeah. Uh, I believe it's his second season in the league at this point. Eight points, 11 boards. Right, right. Four of nine. Yeah, that's a, so this got is, four this of the was, starters now. This was a great team. Um, and then who is the backup center? Um, oh, that's a dark was, question. It, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> right? Like, who who else was in the, in the mix there? Um, damn. Okay, oh, I'll give you one L- hint. Luis Scola? No Scola. No, a little no. too early for Scola. I'll give you one hint. In that uh, tweet thread that I referenced uh, from during the finals that Exclaim picked up, yeah. you do mention one of the players in this uh, in this lineup. And let me read the exact quote <laughs> that you might have said about this guy. Um, now I'm trying to find it. Oh, uh, I wish they'd play blank more was a sentence I once actually said. <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> oh, no. Oh yeah, wait a bit. Okay, placed the uh, PSP. He's what? He, he was in the PSP commercials or the PS Vita commercials for PlayStation. Oh. Came from the Knicks as a, as a, in an effort to stop. Steve oh, Nash Landry, from Fields. With- Landry Fields! Landry Fields! <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Uh, old Landry. Oh Eight my points goodness. in this game on four of seven shooting and a plus two. This was two. the most random team. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then... So you have four guys left. You're looking for three bench guys and one starter. Um, and the starter, we... again, you're going to be really mad if you don't get it. Yeah, like, <laughs> who did we trade? Where did we, we trade it to Sacramento? Yeah, yeah. And so who did we get? Oh, Rudy Gay? Rudy Gay, yes, it's Rudy yeah. Gay. Yeah, uh, oh my god. 
How did I? I completely. That's how I've always found him to be very forgettable for some reason. Yeah, it's hey, if 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 Rudy Gay is a repressed Raptors memory of yours, I cannot blame you. I didn't like. I didn't like having him on the team. I I don't want to be mean like that, but I was just like, he was just gunning. He's just another Demar. Yeah, these guys don't fit together. They're doing the exact same thing and not very well in either case. You've got three bench guys left. Uh, I think you've only gotten one. Scola was your only real strike, so you're this doing is, all right here. This this is proof that I still have brain cells, man. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm really happy that I can just remember this like this. Okay, so then who are some of the like more oddball players? Like, okay, so 2013... Um, I'll give you the positions these guys. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. So one was a, a forward who mostly just shot threes. One was a point guard who is still in the NBA right now. And uh, the fact that he is after what he looked like with the Raptors is a miracle. Mm. And then another guy who was a power forward center type who figured prominently in some bench lineups uh, in subsequent years as well. Mm. With a very fun nickname. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh well it's not uh <laughs> when i think of nickname i think of il maggio <laughs> oh <laughs> no he was mercifully gone by this time yes that's right um <laughs> this would have been the first game of the post bargnani era actually so, yes yes yeah, we're, we're in oh, happy times now i'm like blanking so okay who's who's just like it's like someone i associate in my mind with a mirror a lot hmm uh, and I'm trying to like visualize. Um, I believe two of these guys played for North Carolina. If that helps too. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> cause yes. Cause I like, love this game because it yeah, torments no, people, and it, I don't have to go through any of the torment. It's the me, best. It's driving me <laughs> mad. <laughs> um. Also played for Indiana at one point. This uh, this big man, at least I'm referring and, to, and, and and right, so not and not Scola, no, um, no. we didn't have him yet. Much less um, graceful than Luis Scola. Let's put it that way. This guy was basically just all elbows, and his nickname. Oh oh oh, Psycho T, Psycho T, and yeah! Tyler Hansbro. Yep, uh, he played seven, uh, 24 minutes, had seven points and twelve boards. I loved his game. Honestly, <laughs> I always liked him. I, yeah, I, it was just like I. I always have a soft spot for really scrappy players, mm-hmm. and uh, he he was the definition of scrappy. He's he's the kind of guy who's like he could not get in the league today. Uh huh. But you know he was he was playing major minutes <laughs> for the Raptors. He started a playoff game for them. <laughs> <laughs> he was. I, I honestly shout out to Psycho T man. You, you, and I love that was his nickname. That was so fire. Very good Ooh, nickname. I'm so uh, glad I remembered that. I would be curious. <laughs> I am too. Uh, there's two guys left. If you want, I can just give them to you. I can give you hints. Uh, one's a point guard, still in the NBA. Still hit in a big, the NBA. He hit a big shot against the Raptors in the playoffs uh, during the championship run. Oh, is it um, DJ Augustine? Yeah, DJ Augustine. Yep. Yes. He, uh, yes. Yep. He played 13 minutes, had five yes, points, and was a plus right. four. Yeah. Yes, yes. And you got one left. Oh. Sharpshooter, kind of. Uh, I would say this decade's Matt Bonner for the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> a little less beloved, but similar uh, play style. Oh. Yeah, because I was almost going to say Matt Bonner. Um, mm. 
Very similar style. Only shot threes. Played for oh, the Knicks, I oh, think, oh, too. oh, oh, yes. Okay, I can picture it. I, okay, okay, wait, wait, don't, don't tell me. It's, um, I can see him in my mind's eye. And he was like a coach as well, right? I think so, yeah. I think he ended yeah. up coaching later. Yeah. Oh, God. It's like, I want to say it's his name is like Scott Skiles, but it's, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> there is an S in the first name that starts with an S. If that helps. Oh, I will never be able to get this one. But who It is, is Steve Novak. Oh! Steve Novak. Oh, Nick's legend. <laughs> yes, Nick's legend uh, and uh, a king who closes out that random Raptors game. I'm very sorry for the uh, the toil you've gone through here, but uh, I w- it's I been a lot of fun to watch you grapple with it. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I made it uh, to the mountaintop. I got pretty close. I, I'm yes. happy with that. <laughs> uh all right man so that brings us to the end of the raptors uh portion of this i do have to ask you about the album now man uh parallel world it's out uh fascinating sort of i'm fascinated by the just the whole concept of releasing an album during a pandemic and you can very easily hear when you listen to it which by the way listen to it it's great um like the pandemic and things and the bullshit that we've seen happen during the pandemic very much are uh you know captured in the album as well what was the experience like putting this album together um was it something where it was done during the pandemic or i know some people have had stuff recorded since 2018 and just didn't have the chance to put it out because of the pandemic what's the sort of process behind it and how did it all come together oh yeah no it was definitely recorded during the pandemic like i I, you know at the beginning of 2020 i had no plan to put out a record like i I was out touring i was super busy and then suddenly the pandemic happened and it was just like oh like i had to cancel i was supposed to go to south by southwest i was supposed to do all this Mm -hmm. stuff and then i just kind of like sat in you know the experience and just was like i'm not gonna work i'm not gonna do anything Mm -hmm. musical right now and then you know the summer came along and you know there were all the protests you know around george floyd murder and everything like that and i Mm -hmm. i was heavily influenced by um just that kind of collective movement and also seeing people like doing fundraising online and that like influenced me, you know, thinking about different ways I can use my platform. And I was like, I should really emphasize that more in my music because it's, you know, how I feel. And I really feel like I have this capacity to make these kind of connections about, you know, institutions and society and like, Mm -hmm. you know, things like uh, um, institutional racism and structural racism and things like this. So, that's when I started thinking like, okay, it's record time. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's really great, man. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough. I hope people check it out. Where can people find the album? Where can people find you? Um, and, and give people all the, all the details they need to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the record Parallel World is out everywhere. You can get it on you know, Apple Music, Spotify, um, you can cop it on Bandcamp. We got vinyl. It's silver mirror vinyl. And um, at the time of this recording, Friday is going to be Bandcamp Friday. So it's a perfect time to buy the record if you're thinking about it. And uh, Absolutely. also check out um, my newsletter. Um, I have a Substack newsletter, uh, cadenceweapon.substack.com. Yeah, you're doing a lot of great stuff there, too, writing about what's going on in Little Jamaica with the LRT and all that stuff. It's uh, wonderful work, important work, and uh, I appreciate you hanging out, man. This was a lot of fun. Hopefully we can do it again. I, I'll give you another Raptors game to drive you insane to see who played in it. And uh, Yeah, please do. I'll, yeah. I'll be, I'll be, I'm going to be watching tape. 
next time. <laughs> <laughs> Studying up on 2006 box scores. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I look forward to it, man. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, everyone, go buy Parallel World and the Bandcamp thing. Great call. Uh, support local artists on Bandcamp. It's a wonderful thing to do. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Huge uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Uh, tomorrow's episode will be joined by Javon Shepard, who, of course, a former Canadian national teamer, is now working with CBC, GM of the Ottawa Blackjacks of the CEBL. He's going to pop on. We're going to talk about the Raptors and the Wizards and uh, possibly the end of all hope for the Toronto Raptors making the playoffs. So uh, tune on in for that on Friday. And uh, until then, thank you so much and uh, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.